0: Gentlemen, boys, and girls, Welcome to episode 93 of NerdPod Generations. As always, I am one of your lovely hosts, Steve Taylor, along with Mr. L. Jetson. Hello, sir.
1: Hello, friends and enemies. Thank you for supplying some bardic inspiration on yes. this special, special day. I had
0: to, and especially because I, I want everyone to understand that the show is going to be coming out a little later because we are recording on Sunday instead of Friday when we typically do, yes. because today was kind of a big day. We got to see a preview of Dungeons & Dragons Honor, Honor Among, Among Thieves. thieves. Which we are going to be doing a spoiler-free and spoiler review of in this episode. Yeah. Um, so that's why we had to wait.
1: Yeah. We were going to record on Friday. We we A, neither one of us had finished watching all the shows yep. that we had to watch. Uh, and B, Kelly, our wonderful guru slash Stan over here, uh, she got as close to the evil tower of Bezos as necessary. To, Bezos! To grab some tickets from the gargoyles there. Yeah. And we... Jaunted off. Saw
0: it, what, four or five days early? I think it's going to come out Thursday. I think it's going to come out Thursday, yeah. yeah. So got to see it a few days early. So we're going to give you our review. Um, If this is your first time listening, obviously episode 93, we are getting close to 100, which I'm super psyched about. That means, though, there are 92 previous episodes, so please go back, listen to our back catalog. It is amazing. Um, and you can go back and listen to other reaction reviews, which we have done quite a few now.
1: They're our most popular uh, feature. They are,
0: and they're becoming one of my most favorite segments. Even mm-hmm. though you go to the theater, you have to open a vein just to pay to get in yeah. and all that stuff. And, yeah. yeah and, and the food.
1: And then if you want to have anything to eat, which is oh like what they always tell you. is like it's not. It, when I was a kid, it was like, oh, you buy the ticket, and then if you want to, you can get food, but it's overpriced. Mm-hmm. And then it became, you're buying the ticket to support the the movie and you're buying food to support the theater yeah and then it became now you have to do all of it yeah. <laughs> now you have to buy a twenty dollar ticket and drop twenty five dollars on food and if you
0: don't you're you're looked at you're, as you're a bad person you're you're, you're not helping scheming
1: out. them on some yeah. way and and you better not bring anything in because that's the worst i gotta get back to bringing stuff in um anyway so we're gonna start this
0: episode with what we've been watching playing reading and we're gonna just talk about the oscars yeah because they happened. We have to bring it up.
1: It's a big fucking deal.
0: I wag my finger at the Oscars for In the Memoriam, they did not bring up Paul Servino. hmm And who was the other big actor? Um, uh, Burt Ward.
1: hmm
0: He was not brought up
1: either. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you not bring up Paul Cer- Like... Both those guys were in a ton of movies. Yeah. they were hugely popular. Paul Servino is like one of those guys. He was in every gangster movie yeah. from the seventies through the eighties, all the way to like the late nineties. He was in analyzed that. Yeah, like he was in everything. So I mean,
0: he was the main kind of the main heavy in Goodfellas. Yeah, for most of it. But. Yeah. So, anyways, the awards. I am very happy
1: with how things went. Me too. This is the first time in many many years where I was watching the Oscars and was just like fuck yes, yes. you got it right they and not it. not just on the awards mind you but on the show itself. Yes except for Jimmy Kimmel. I, I did not laugh once. I so here's my thing. I don't love Kimmel mm. but I love the stability that he brought to the show. He did bring stability but it's just He's gotta get better material he does like, need to be better right and, and
0: it, he was bombing and it kept going mm-hmm. his intro. I was like just stop Yeah. You've said enough jokes that no one laughed at.
1: Yeah, so I was taking a nap. Okay. And then I woke up as the Oscars were starting. Okay. And I was so confused because they were doing that little bit with Top Gun and then he parachutes out, parachutes out, quote unquote, and lands in the theater. And I was just sitting there like... Am I still asleep? What is happening? Yeah, that was and it just kept going and going and going. It wasn't a bad monologue, but it wasn't a good monologue yeah. either. Not since John Stewart, who also got middling reviews at the time. But looking back, John Stewart did a good job. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, I Hugh think, Jackman has did done the job. best monologue ever. Even Seth MacFarlane did a good job. I, see, I don't love Seth MacFarlane's sense of humor, so I didn't love the whole "We've seen your boobs" bit and all those uh, other yes, things. I can understand that. Yeah. It, to me, it's
0: like for the modern era, Ricky Gervais has just shown. How to do a show that's super entertaining? Yeah, because he just but he says
1: whatever he he's wants. Way too crass for the Oscars. They have too oh, much, he's oh, way too crass. But have, it's like it seemed like Kimmel was trying to put a little bit of that into yeah. some of his jokes, and he got there with some of it. I like the the button at the end of the show where he's walking off stage, and he it's a. Years Without Incident at the Oscars, and he swip, He swips it to one.
0: Oh, see, I that, I had clicked off at that point. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, like, I like elements of it. I yeah. like when he brought the donkey on stage, and there was this funny back and mm. forth with him and Carl Farrell. I like that he acknowledged why he was doing so much crowd work at one point. Mm. was because they had to do a quick change on stage, and so he had to distract the cameras with something, so he was doing crowd work. Because, like, whenever they do crowd work in these things... Mm. Ellen was the one that I hated the most. Mm -hmm. I'll be fully honest. I hated the whole pizza because you can tell how fake she was. I fucking hated the whole pizza bit and how long it went for and all the the nonsense, the selfie, and that took like weeks of our attention. Was just a selfie. I fucking which especially
0: now with Kevin Spacey's face, right in the middle of it, that did not age well. Well, her too. Her too. The crap going on. Her too. So,
1: so it's just like it. Of the hosts I've seen, especially recently, where they decided after the the Kevin Hart thing that they weren't going to do hosts. And then last year with Chris Rock, and then two years ago, or no, Chris Rock wasn't hosting last year. He just got got Um, slacked last year with Amy Schumer and um, Wanda Sykes. They were okay. It it wasn't amazing, but it was okay. Really. I think Hugh Jackman really set the tone Mm -hmm. for what a monologue should be with that huge number that he did, um, which accomplished everything that you want. Out of an opening monologue for mm. the Oscars, you want a moment to introduce all the movies and you want to have a moment where you can have camera pans to all the actors. Mm. But it also actually showed you what the movies look like, yeah. <laughs> which is one of those which things that I prefer is when I can actually see what the movie fucking looks like. Yeah. So I, I can't remember whether it was Jon Stewart or somebody else. One of those years, they spliced him into the background of various shots so I think it was the, I can't remember whether it was a year of Brokeback Mountain or not. I just seem I to remember, remember him being in the background of the tent watching, <laughs> like, from the corner. And it's just like, fine, this yeah. I can deal with because it gives me a sense of what the movie looks like and how the flow is and what the acting feels like and what the music is like and all these other things. This, when it's just a straight-up monologue, I'm like, okay, all right, is this? And then he, he's like, oh, yeah, if anybody tries to rush the stage, you're going to have to get through it. Yeah. And I'm like, Michael B. Jordan is not standing up to no. save your ass.
0: And they have, they overdid those jokes. It's like, especially following Chris Rock's special, which was already out on Netflix, which far and away destroyed anything else you had to ever say about that. Because that was so incredible. Yeah. To have him just keep going back to that well, and it's like, dude, maybe that's an event that happened in Hollywood that maybe you want the people to forget about.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: Forget about the slap. That did not make Hollywood look
1: good. Because no. you all got up and applauded Will Smith afterwards. Yeah. You get you let him give a 15-minute speech, which was one of Kimmel's jokes. Yeah. And it's just like, so are you saying this was a bad idea? We shouldn't have done it. We should have thrown him out from the beginning last year. Like, I I don't mind them making so many asides to it because it became the the entire show last mm. year. Um and they did make a lot of mistakes by letting Will Smith stay and mm-hmm. giving him his award and all these other things, in my opinion. I oh, think no, absolutely. I think actions need to have consequences, and it doesn't matter anything. If you go up and you do that kind of thing in the middle of this yeah. situation, That's totally not okay. Yeah. Totally not okay. Use your words. You're an adult man. Use your words. Yes. He used his words. You use your words. Yes. And not just say... Keep my, w- my wife's name out your damn mouth. Oh, my God. Use other words besides just yeah. those. You can start with that. That's a great start, but, like, maybe build to something better. Yeah. So, anyway, right. this one was good. <laughs> I okay. did like this so show. So, as far as the
0: awards go, let's start with Supporting Actor and Actress. Of yeah. course, I love Everything Everywhere All at Once. Well, let's, just,
1: let's let's talk about the show in general and just say Everything Everywhere All at Once. One, Everything Everywhere yes. All at Once.
0: That and All's Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. Which I've
1: got to watch that. I need to watch it. I just don't know when I'm gonna have the stomach to do it. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough it's one. It's a long. It's like oh, it's four a three-hour. Yeah, right? yeah. It's an it's an epic, and it's a new updated version of one of the the holy trinity of uh, anti-war films. Yeah, is like the original All Quiet on the Western Front, and it's and just this like,
0: one being made by. Germans. Yeah. I'm very interested.
1: This one's going to be a tough one to set the record. It's going to be think. very tough. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, so Everything Everywhere All at Once wins. I could not be happier because honestly, one of the things that made me almost. I think it actually did make me hate quit the Oscars was when Sylvester Stallone was up for Creed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's won every other award. Everyone was praising him. And they give it to Tinker Taylor Soldier. Not Tinker Taylor Soldier. Spy, Mark Rylands. L- Rylands. And it's like. And Mark Rylance, I like. He was probably good. But everyone was like, it was the most milquetoast role he had ever... It was boring, that, where Sylvester Stallone... He was in
1: 20 minutes of the
0: movie. Who, Mark Rylance? Yeah. Yes. He it's was the Judy Dench thing with yeah. uh,
1: Shakespeare in Love, where she was in like 10 minutes of it. Yeah, and it's like... And this always happens with supporting roles. That There was that one-year... Well Anthony Hopkins
0: signs the lamps was less than twenty minutes,
1: I think. Hal Holbrook and I can't remember her name, Ruby uh, for American Gangster. I can't remember her name. Ruby D. But uh they both won yeah. Oscars for roles that were less than five minutes long.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was just like okay. Mm-hmm. Um I can't help but feel like the scales here are not weighted evenly. Yeah. And, uh, this year we got a little, we kind of hedged a little close to that in some ways because mm-hmm. you could look at Jamie Lee Curtis, but she had a substantial role in she that was movie. Great. She came back over and over again. She was one of the lead antagonists in the story and she was amazing. And <laughs> then she was great in that emotional part with her. Yeah. Where she has to play the, the nut, hamburger fingers, yeah, right? yeah, the, 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 hot the hot dog, hot dog fingers. fingers. Yeah, yeah the The most famous moment in that entire movie is the yeah. hot dog fingers, and that whole that
0: whole part was emotional and yeah. great and wonderful and yeah. I but it's just they always do that where you have Hollywood royalty who are in movies. That will never win an Oscar. Like, I'm so happy they gave an honorary Oscar a couple years ago to Samuel L. Jackson. Because yeah. it's like, he if anyone deserves an Oscar, he's got yeah. $5 billion, in, or no, more than that, like $25 billion, yeah. or something like that.
1: Michael J. Fox got a humanitarian Oscar this yeah. year.
0: Yeah, and Jackie Chan a few years ago yeah. got an, uh, an honorary Oscar. But it's like, when they have an opportunity to win a proper, I hate to use the term proper Oscar, but like their acting is so out of the park, and you don't give it to a Hollywood royalty. Yeah. And like, Jamie Lee Curtis is fucking hot. Awesome
1: yeah oh yeah I mean, she's, she's bored, literally literally
0: hollywood royalty and i love that part where she said my mom and dad have both been nominated for this and i i won one that's like that was awesome
1: yeah that her whole speech was really great yeah it was it really was really movie. great um the whole evening i <laughs> i don't cry at things yeah. and between her and kihu kwan doing his speech he got me going, and then see, Jamie Lee Curtis was just like, "Oh, this this, this gate's real loose. Let's yeah. see if we can push it open." See, he only didn't get me going, and I am
0: beyond happy that he won. Oh, I yeah. love him, and I'm so happy he won. I've seen every acceptance speech he's given this year, mm-hmm. and they're all this cryy emotional. And so it was, I think I was just burned out. I'm like, "Yeah, he's crying again." Okay. Yeah. But, like, I, I had totally forgotten that his lawyer is Chunk from yeah. Goody's. So when he said Goody's forever, I'm like,
1: who the hell is he talking about? Who is he about? talking about? I had to look that up. Yeah. And I was, I was like, like, oh, shit. my God. He's, he's, he's an <laughs> actual lawyer. Yeah, so that was kind of awesome. Yeah, no, but, I yeah, really love that. Awesome. that. Uh, his his whole role in the night of just, like, he the, the enthusiasm he had just sitting there. Yeah. You know, like, it comes down to simple things. Like, um, they were the first two awards of the night. So... Throughout most of the night, when they cut back to the Everything Everywhere crew, you can see both of them sitting there. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis has had her Oscar finished and it has the nameplate on and everything. And it's in a little box and a little carrying case and everything. And she has it on her lap. And Short Round is just holding it. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't put it away. He can't stop looking at it. Yeah. And it's just like, this is why we gave it to him. Because <laughs> if anybody to appreciate it, yes, he's going to appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And I hope
1: he gets a lot of work. From here on out, you would think so because he was so fucking good. In that oh, he movie was fantastic. Too. On top of everything else, he was so fucking good. In he that was movie.
0: really fucking good. Well, he's in. Um, what show did he just get? It's one of the Marvel shows, Loki season two. He's gonna be in Loki, season, in Loki two? season two. He's in Loki season two because that's why he ran into Harrison Ford at the D twenty uh, conference because he was there for Loki season two and Ford was there for Indiana Jones, uh, so they got that first picture together. Yeah, and now um, we have
1: a second one when. Oh, when everything he wins. won the, the the big award at the end of the night, which Harrison Ford was. Canning out,
0: but seeing them together and hugging Mahershavore so looks so much older. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, he is so old." Yeah, it's so sad. Did you
1: see the recreation? Because he also went over and recreated a photo with Steven Spielberg. Yes, and, and
0: Kate Capshaw. Yeah, which that was cool. Yeah, that was man. I gotta tell you, Steven Spielberg, he's aging well. I think yeah. when you
1: have billions of
0: dollars to throw at yourself. He still looks pretty good. I was like, he's not young either.
1: Apparently, moisturizing really does work. (laughs) It's It's like beard oil. You're like, oh, beard oil. And then I start using beard oil and I was like, oh, my beard actually does look better. It makes a difference.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. So the supporting ones were great. Uh, You know, most of the technical awards went to who I thought they would go to, yeah. the visual effects going to Avatar. They
1: kind of gave one out to each big movie. One, you know, big movie, one sound, one big movie, one visual, one Except movie. Except Top Gun didn't win one, did it? I think Top Gun won one. Did it win one? I think
0: Top Gun. I am beyond ecstatic that Pinocchio won Best Animated. Yeah. Because if that didn't, I just... Oh, Top Gun won Best Sound.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is you have, like, sound, sound mixing, visual effects, and something else. There's, there's four effects awards to win. Yeah. And they basically gave one out to each of the major Hollywood f- films. They really did, too. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. It's um, so like Black Panther got one, Top Gun got one, Avatar got one, and I think All Quiet on the Western Front got the fourth one.
0: And I still need to watch... Was it RRR? Yeah, I need to see that so bad. I need to watch... But that's also, like, over three hours long.
1: Yeah. Well, that's India for you. That's that's India cinema. Well, that's true.
0: Uh, but that song, I had never heard it before. And that performance, I was like,
1: I want this fucking win. I... I watched that performance, and I was like, this is really good. And Kelly loves Bollywood films, so yeah. we've seen a few here and there, but we haven't watched RRR yet. Um, and I watched that, and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. That was amazing. amazing. And then I saw the guy give the speech when they won, uh-huh. and he just starts singing, which is like, oh, this is so cool. Everybody amazing. who wins a musical award should start singing which, for, their pre- for their acceptance speech.
0: I have to admit, and I love this person. Mm-hmm. I think her voice is one of the greatest ever. I think this was Lady Gaga her most pretentious. I'm sorry. Like she changed out of her dress. I love her without makeup and all that, but her little speech she gave and everything, and I'm like,
1: (sighs) and for a movie from Top Gun. I know you're talking about like one of the most conservatively loved
0: films by like the maga crowd. This is like the maga crowd's, oh, this is what Hollywood should be, and it's like they hated. I guess maybe that would make me happy because the song they probably turned into the Oscars. She just. Just probably a bunch of them off, but like as she's talking, I was like, "Jeez, Lady Gaga, come on!" Like like a few years ago, when she had that song up for the Oscar, um, oh, the the... movie with the sexual assault, Um, where she sang that song, and it was like pretty much about her.
1: Yeah, what the heck was the name of that? This was before Star is born, right? This,
0: yeah, this was like a couple years, and she performed it at the Oscars, and it was emotional and beautiful. But it was like it was about a very serious subject that was a major part of her life. And here's Tom Cruise with his shirt off playing football. Mm-hmm. And you're going to talk as if mm-hmm. it's a similar... I just... I wish she would have just said... Because the song was beautiful. When she sang it, it was amazing.
1: And they made a, a memorial for Tony Scott. Who, yeah, like, which was... I, my thing is I just don't like Tony Scott as a director. I, I Every time I watch a Tony Scott movie, I'm like, this fucking sucks. How did I get stuck in this situation... Again.
0: He is like the Michael Bay of the Scots. Right? He exactly. is. Exactly.
1: I started watching this movie, Unstoppable, with Chris Pine and Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah, the train movie. And I was like, oh, this will be interesting. This will be interesting. Tony Scott, fuck me. Yeah. I watched the new Pelham, Taking, one, two, three, take the, Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. With John Travolta. With John Travolta and Denzel Washington. Yep. And Tony Scott, fuck me. <laughs> Stop. <Yeah. laughs> this- anyway that's neither here nor there well the man has, has passed these yes, through the surly these, gates so these, these milky bonds yes, yes yeah he's gone
0: though so we don't have to worry um no it's fine i don't Which, want to talk all of the dead but they are making gladiator 2 with denzel yeah him, we so. were talking about that yeah, on the way home we from dungeons
1: and dragons that. so that's an interesting concept that's gonna be very interesting i um, still think we this was we went back and forth on this a little bit uh you pointed out that he's dead yes but i do think you need to bring russell crowe back if for nothing else to do his Zeus performance again, where he lifts up his toga and struts down the, the stairs. Oh, my God. Because that was so fucking funny. That was so That great. was so fucking was funny, so man.
0: Well, like, I don't, I think Russell Crowe's gotten to the point where I don't think he could ever lose weight. Because have you seen the trailers for the Exorcism movie? Yeah.
1: He's so big. No, yeah, he, he got to a point big. where he really, like... And I get it. I get it. After a while, yeah. when you work out and then stop working out and work out and stop working out... After a while, when you get fat again... And you go back to work out, your body's like, (laughs) nice. (laughs) But I think he's
0: also like, he's like Jack Nicholson. He's like, I got all the money in the world. I'm just going to get fat. If they want to put
1: me in a movie, put me in a movie. I don't give a shit. You don't don't have to pull a Brando, go full 300. But like, you could just be the fat mob boss. I don't think anybody's going to look down on you for being the fat mob boss. He was so good in The Nice Guys when he was a a fucking tank. Oh my god, that was great. Yeah,
0: But like, I don't necessarily am against the Brando thing. A little part of me actually likes the Island of Doctor Moreau mm-hmm. Brando performance. Yeah. Like the Kilmer one is his performance is okay but Brando, you know, like some of those older movies he gets kind of shit on. I'm like I still enjoy him.
1: Isn't Tandy Newton in that one too?
0: I think she plays one of the creatures. We talked
1: about Tandy Newton a lot yeah. the last few weeks. But,
0: of. you know, like, you know, did you ever see The Freshman with the uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew that's a really Robert. good one. That's, that's a great so movie. good. Yeah.
1: Because he's doing Don Corleone. Exactly. The entire time. Exactly. And it's so, it's so good. Um, yeah, no. Uh, tangent number seven. Tangent million. number nine yeah. million. Uh, no, I I love this show. I was really happy that Everything Everywhere won. And I'm really, really, really happy that Michelle Yeoh and Brendan Fraser won.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I know that there was a little outcry on the internet about Brendan Fraser playing this character in The Whale. I'm not going to get into it because I, I swore to myself I wouldn't. It makes me, needless to say... going into it it makes me very angry and crazy that this is an argument that we're having but fine whatever we're not going to get into it let's judge the performance for what it is and we can talk about the nature of an individual such as brendan fraser getting this role which i think is an insane argument considering brendan fraser's own personal journey through hollywood Mm -hmm. the good news is that he won Mm -hmm. and if you've seen any part of this movie you know how much he's earned this award yeah and he's he's shatteringly good and i know Aronofsky's not for everybody and it's going to be a hard movie for a lot of people to get through for a variety of reasons because mm-hmm. it's an aronofsky movie yeah that's how that's all he does that's all he yeah. does is is hard to get he doesn't make movies. you feel
0: uncomfortable he's like the new david lynch yeah thing. that's his whole
1: thing yeah have you anybody who complains about darren aronofsky have you sat through pie because i've sat oh through God. pie okay sit through pie and then we can have a full conversation
0: it was an interesting introduction to a, a director. Yeah. When I first saw that movie, I was like, "Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Even Black Swan was oh bad gosh. shit. That's super bad shit. Yeah. Great have, movie, but bad shit. Have you seen Noah? That was horrific. <laughs> that, was, that, to me, was like, he must have gotten really, really hot on something. And just stayed that way. I think Somebody he just mollied took- him.
1: He took peyote or something, because Noah takes peyote in the movie. I still—the only reason
0: I saw it was because Darren Aronofsky and Russell Crowe and Hermione Granger.
1: Hermione Granger's in it. Jen Connelly's in it. Yeah, has a good cast.
0: Jen Connelly I never. She was. I always liked her, but it never like. I like her.
1: I like her most of the time, and then there's other times where I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I'm looking at new Homecoming where she plays a computer. Still not over that. That's Still right. not over that. Still not okay with that. Oh, but it's so cute because her husband plays Vision. Oh, I will fucking kick you in the balls. You think that's enough? Balls. That's in- We're not getting into it. No, we're not we're getting, getting into it. it. So, anyway. Yes. I, between him and Sadie Sink, and I can't remember. I think her name is Hong Chow, Um, But the the whole cast of that movie, in all the, the scenes, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen several scenes from it. Yeah. And the the whole cast is just... Striking. Well, what huh? I love,
0: um, <laughs> one of the arguments that, and I, I really agree with this. It was actually a Bill Maher where he's talking about how Brendan Fraser was getting chastised yeah. for. He's like, they're actors. This is
1: their job. This is what they do. You hire them to pretend they're somebody. And I understand that in certain situations, yes, right. You have a trans character. You have a trans actor because they're going to be able to bring something to that role, that a regular actor won't be able to. And I understand that that argument can be made here because he's a 600-pound man. Brendan Fraser, though overweight, is not 600 pounds. He's gay. Brendan Fraser is not gay. So, like, I, I get yeah. that, but I also don't think you're going to find a 600-pound gay man who's going to stop being a shut-in to play this character. Yeah. And can act. So I think you've got to get an actor to play that role. Yeah.
0: A lot, it's, it's exact, I agree with you 100%, and it's just context. Yeah. Like, Brenda Fraser doing this, totally get it. Mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow in Shallow Hale. That was bad. That was horrible. That was bad. But it's the context of the situation. Same with, um, let's say, Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder. Yeah. The context of him being black is showing the ignorance of actors to think they could do anything. Yeah. So they're making fun of it. Blackface back in the day, just to make fun of black people? Bad. Bad. It's like you got to have context. You mm-hmm. can't, everyone can't be lumped in together. You have to discern it on a
1: piece-by-piece exactly. basis. Exactly.
0: And that's with these roles. It's like Marley Matten. Mm-hmm. This situation I agree with. They had a movie previously before she won her Oscar for the movie she was in. Um, there was a movie with a, a deaf actress that she was up for. She didn't get it. And a hearing actress did.
1: Mm-hmm. That's stupid.
0: That's stupid. Because you
1: have a character
0: and you have a person who can act, who has that disability. Same with the guy that won Best, uh, supporting, Best supporting Actor, actor last, year. last year. It's like... You have somebody that can fit that role. But yeah. like you're saying,
1: you're not going to find a gay 600-pound man that can act, that can play. I mean, I, I bet you they probably looked into it. I'm not saying he did, but that's right up his alley. He's yeah. that kind of guy. I'm not saying that it should be done this way always. If you're mm-hmm. an actor, you can play any role. That's not what I'm saying. Yes. Because, again, I'm not a Sith Lord. I don't deal in absolutes. Yes. My argument is that this has to be attuned on a case-by-case basis. Yes. Because... If you have a situation like Orange is the New Black, obviously that character should be played by a trans woman mm. because that character is going to have a lot more impact being played mm. by a trans woman.
0: You have Laverne Cox, you're right. Trans actress, but you have the person that could fit that role. Yeah. But I, I haven't seen The Whale yet. I really need to see The Whale. Um, I, I'm glad I'm on Best Makeup because for anything that was spectacular makeup. It was really good.
1: Makeup. Makeup. Yeah. Was really good. But, the, as far as movie making, it seems... Like, it just hit everything yeah. on all all fronts. So, like, I get the argument. I think it's an argument that we can assess long term. Mm-hmm. However, it's tricky. It, There's no one answer. And it's
0: also a double edged sword because you have a, a movie like this Woody Harrelson one where he plays a basketball coach yeah, for a, a individual mentally, with Down yeah. syndrome. And they're kind of getting shit for having
1: an like, entire cast of people of with Down like, syndrome. But is that the, the point? point? Isn't that the whole point? They can act and they. If you're going to make a movie like that, you get, you got it, you know. One of the short films that won this year has a Down Syndrome actor. Yes!
0: An Irish goodbye.
1: But, like, so I'm not saying it's easy. Obviously, it's not easy. And I'm not saying that there's a singular answer. If anything, I'm saying that there's not a singular answer. Yeah. Also, not for nothing, Brendan Fraser was also part of the Me Too movement. Yeah. Brendan Fraser was also sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. during the early 2000s when he was in really good shape during those mummy days in George of the Jungle when he was at his height was also at the lowest point in his career mm-hmm. so and i do love how
0: two actors from encino man won oscars sure. that's good that's kind that's of good. crazy yeah that's absolutely crazy to yeah. think
1: about it yeah so i i'm really happy for him if uh-huh. for nothing else i love brendan frazier as an actor i think he's i missed him terribly when he mm-hmm. was gone and when he came back for like doom patrol and other smaller roles mm-hmm. where he wasn't like the, the focal point he was so fucking good. Yeah.
0: I'm looking forward to that new Scorsese movie yeah. that he's going to be in with De Niro and yeah. DiCaprio. I'm,
1: I'm just like, I really want him back, yeah. and to have him back, I'm really happy. And I think he earned the, the, this award, not just through his bad experiences, but through his acting and performance as well, yeah. which, not for nothing, may have been imparted with some of the bad experiences that he's had as an individual. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I, I want to move off this topic because I know some people are going to be very angry about it.
0: Um, yeah. So the Oscars were great. Love everyone who won. Watching the we're Harrison really happy for all ending, of them. Ending was great.
1: The whole show was just enjoyable, top to bottom, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just because all of the ones that I wanted to win won. They mm-hmm. didn't. The stupid boy, horse, fox, mole, they won. Yeah. We fucking which was hated weird. them. Yeah, that was the, weird. I, terrible. Yeah. Good animation, terrible story. Everything else, good animation and good story. Yeah. So maybe one of those should win, but apple bought an award
0: yeah Apple.
1: see yeah they always have They always got a chance all right
0: so we need to get into dungeons and dragons yes okay so folks this is what we're gonna do we're gonna do a spoiler free quick little synopsis review yeah we're gonna do our best we're
1: gonna do our best i'm
0: bad at doing spoiler free but i will do my best to not say anything spoilery
1: and then we're gonna have a spoiler alert yes that's gonna play and from there on out you're on your own. We <laughs> are yes. dropping you in. Roll for exactly. initiative and get ready because it's coming. So the the brief synopsis is Chris Pine. Yes. Edgin, And uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Holga. Holga. Um, I do love that all the names seem to be they took a regular name and they replaced one of the letters. Yeah. So it's like her name's not Helga. It's Holga. Holga. His name's is... not Edward. It's Edgen. <laughs> then, or Edgar or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so they're, I believe they're actually brought up on charges for ne'er-do-wellism. They're both thieves. Yes. But neither one of them are classed as a thief. Ironically, no one in this movie about thieves is a thief. No, not at all. It's a little weird that there's no actual rogues on this team of rogues. But whatever, it's fine. Yeah. We're going to get into the kind of like D&D touch-and-go-ness of this movie mm-hmm. at times. Um, so they are thieves who made some bad deals in the past. You've seen this in the trailer. You yes. know this. Um, and... They are now on a quest to try and right some wrongs by stealing more stuff. Yes. <laughs> stealing especially certain artifacts that yes. they need to perform some spells. Yes, so, so the, the big con is that they have been double-crossed. They need to get into a vault. To do that, they need an item to get that item they need to go and find out information yeah and, and so a quest was born and
0: we got michelle rodriguez as holga yep you got renee got... jean peg as page as zank
1: which of all the names zank was the one that i almost laughed out loud yeah at. i was like uh it doesn't help that i remember in skyward sword yeah that there was a uh mog mole named zank i remember this because of game grumps and it, that's all i can think of the entire time is zank your name is zang especially with simon <laughs> i wonder <laughs> like... if they did that
0: intentionally because of zelda <laughs> I, wonder. I mean they're probably big nerds yeah so. maybe that'd be nice
1: but uh so justice smith plays simon yep. and sophia lillis uh, plays doric who is not uh keelith from vox machina yes despite looking exactly like you from vox machina any DD fans will be surprised to find out she is a tiefling who doesn't look almost anything like a tiefling? Uh, she has a tail and horns, and that's where the tieflingisms kind of mm. and they, they end pretty pretty starkly at, at tail and horns, and it's not much of a tail either. It's it's not even a nightcrawler tail. Mm. It's it's barely there. But whatever. And then you have Hugh Grant as Forge, who is not he's sort of the villain. He's,
0: he's, yeah, he's. He's kind of an extended version of the Bill Murray cameo from Ant Man. Yeah, Ant-Man, I, that's a
1: really good way. Of putting where you have
0: like this corrupt politician who's just stealing money, and it's like,
1: yeah, his whole thing is I want to steal more money, and I'm okay with evil taking over the space that I'm in because yeah. I'm, you know, so, I'm out the back
0: door, yeah, regardless of what's going to happen to the world. Yeah, so yeah.
1: so that's the plot is yeah. is adventurers are trying to achieve something for their own means. Yeah, and then kind of uncover a larger problem as uh, as they're doing that. I think that I would give this a I'm between a B and a B plus. I'm going to lean towards B plus cuz I'm feeling positive. It wasn't everything that I wanted to yeah. be. It the how do I want to put this? Everything is a B in terms of style. Mm. So there there's there are some A moments here and there where it's like oh I like that and I like that and I like that. Um, some of the animatronics, mm. some of the practical effects, great. However, some of the CGI, little iffy at times. Mm. The, the scene where they come up into the stadium, I felt like that CGI looked like they were on a great yeah. screen. Um, yeah. but when it's practical, it looks really good. Yes. So there's elements of that that work. And I'm not saying that all the CGI looks bad. Just every once in a while, some of the CGI doesn't look great. Yeah. There are gnomes as characters within the body of the story. Sometimes that wall between the regular sized mm-hmm. people and the gnomes—it's a little back to the futury of like you can see the, the the seam line. Well, the
0: visual effects were done by a company that I had never heard of. Yeah. we were watching in the credits at the end. Yeah, like it's like I, I wonder if that's just showing you the budget mm-hmm. for this movie where they couldn't go to like Weta or ILM or some, one of the big boys and be like, "This is going to be a tentpole of hopefully a franchise, and yeah. so we need to go out a hundred percent with a
1: boom." Yeah.
0: And I'd be very curious to see what the budget is for this movie. I yeah. should look
1: that up. I But I like it. The writing is good. It's not always great. But mm-hmm. there are definitely lines that are really, really funny and really, really smart. Um, the characters are all, for the most part, really enjoyable, I think. We'll, we'll get into our lawful good paladin here in a little bit. But $151 million budget. Wow, they did a lot with that. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, but compared to like... A, an avatar or a marvel movie that has you know like four times that budget
0: well think about it that was i think two episodes worth of uh the lord of the rings tv
1: show that sounds right yeah yeah so and they did a good job with they did what a really they good had job. um and especially since you know when uh the guys that wrote this came into the studio heads and said we want to do a dungeons and dragons movie mm-hmm you know how many studio heads blanched at that oh idea. absolutely they they saw jeremy iron's face in their mind's eye and marlon wayne's voice in their mind's ear yep. and they said but maybe not but what if we didn't yeah and so they had to i'm sure they had to be brought to the table you know over and over and over again on this and yep. that's why they had such a small budget <sighs> which means that a sequel could be really good I hope so or it could be over saturated
0: well, the positive I'm hoping with this is since the budget was only $151 million, that especially once this makes its way to China and overseas, it doubles at least. So mm-hmm. that way we do get a non-directed, like I hope they don't go on the cheap for sequels. No. Like, oh, let's just throw a DVD one out and or And this something. feels
1: like it's going to be successful.
0: I think so. Even, I would hope so.
1: Even and especially internationally. I yeah. think it's going to even have a bigger foothold internationally than it does here. You know, movies that don't do well here do extremely well in China. Yeah. Why do you think we have five Transformers movies? Oh, my God. The only one that was successful here was the third one. After that... It got real bad real fast, but they so made bad. so much money in China that they didn't care.
0: Yeah, they didn't give a shit. And they're going to make it the exact same way, too. Yeah. And wasn't parts of the fourth one take place in China, or yeah. the fifth one? something? I, so? I can't the, even remember.
1: I think the finale to the fourth one takes place in Hong Kong. I think so, too. Yeah. With,
0: like, the, uh, the nano... Yeah, that's the bot. Stanley Tucci one, and... Yeah. He, Which,
1: the, God, they've, God, so bad. They've reverse-engineered whatever makes it so that the Transformers can transform, so that now you can get beats by Dre as a Transformer.
0: And it's just... Going back and looking and realizing that this was not very long ago that those movies came out, and to have such grotesquely just pigeonholed in hot women wearing no clothes.
1: Oh, I, was, I thought you were all going the to. No,
0: all the leads being what? Mega Fox yeah. to, uh, I can't remember her name. She's married to Jason Statham. She was in the third one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Mark uh, Wahlberg's daughter. And, yeah. and it's just like, <laughs> My- how many of these like leads are you just going to put in no clothes?
1: The best, the best has to be the fact that the entire movie has to come to a screeching halt so we can have an entire conversation about Mark Wahlberg's underage daughter, Dating an adult man. Yes. The entire movie has to come to a dead stop. Yeah. So we can have this full conversation over it. Because Michael Bay, in his pervy nature, had to cast this fucking 16-year-old. Oh, my God. And it's just like, you... Beast Wars looks like it's getting away from this. Yeah, that looks great. That's the good news. We saw the trailer for Beast Wars before the movie, and it's like, hey, this still looks good. All right, so we gotta get back on on schedule. Yes, yes, yes. I give it a B. You give it a B as well.
0: I same as you. I there were parts I really liked, there were parts I was like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. S- some spotty CGI threw me off a little bit. Um, I wasn't happy with how certain characters were kind of brought in and taken out and yeah. portrayed, and yeah. so I just I just had enough issues but it is enjoyable enough yeah for me to give it a beat like if you go to this movie you will enjoy yourself
1: yeah you will definitely walk out of this movie saying i had a really fun yes. time. this I, movie is super fun
0: i look at this like um watchman okay if you are a diehard going in with your mind like this is going to be this is what it should page be. for page you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But if you go in thinking, I just want to enjoy myself, you're going to have a fun time.
1: Yeah. And the less you know about... Fi- uh, I nearly called it Final in Fantasies. Yeah. Um, the, the less you know about Dungeons & Dragons, having some knowledge will help. Because then you'll... Like, anything that has a source material, you'll enjoy the movie more. Yes. Because you'll see something in the background and be like, oh, hey, you? oh, wow. But, like, uh, similar to your, your animated friends mm-hmm. at the end of the movie... Um, uh, from the 80s cartoon. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 If If you know things, you'll point out things and be like, oh, I, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, however, it, the more you know about D&D, the more you, certain things will rankle you. Uh, there are terms that are used here that are just not what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, And there does seem to be an element of that Hollywood, we're going to make this up because it suits our plot, even though it doesn't really fit within the world that we're building or the world that everybody's familiar with. We want to have this deus ex machina type thing Mm -hmm. so that we can have this thing happen and have the um, magic user basically basically be like, you know, so a lot of the, the jokes in this movie are, can't you fix it with magic? Yeah, And that's really good. And they use that really well. But at times... The way that they get around magic is also kind of suspect. Yeah. And it just and feels like they didn't necessarily do all their homework.
0: I guess if you are listening to this and you really want a hardcore D&D experience, go watch The Legend go of Vox Machina. Listen to our past episodes, yeah. go watch it. That's your hardcore D&D. That'll get you into d This D&D is good. mainstream fun D&D.
1: Yeah, this is what the 90s D&D wanted to be. Yes. It's, it's not necessarily going to fully hold to what you know as D&D, but... There will be elements of it that you'll recognize. Yep. Any gelatinous cubes fans will get real excited about this one, or real angry, depending <laughs> on what you want your gelatinous cube to do. Yeah. Again, there's just elements of it that you look at and you're just like, <sighs> Yeah, I agree. Okay, I'll allow it. But admittedly, I haven't. I'm not super versed in D and D, but I feel like certain things here would have come up mm. before if they were a thing. I'm looking at a certain piece of jewelry. Yeah, that's true. That kind of plays a large Okay,
0: role. so this is where we're gonna break for with that, the spoiler jingle. Alright, so this spoiler talk now folks. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're in it now folks. So once again one of my problems I had in the beginning of the movie is tonally it, it made what was a dramatic story to me because Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez are in front of like a parole board. Yeah. And they're trying to talk their way into getting paroled.
1: We meet Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez in prison. Yes. And they have already, the job that they are in prison for has already gone tits up. And now mm-hmm. they're here. They're trying to get out Andy Dufresne style. Yes. But
0: then you don't know that at first you, you think Chris Pine, he's waiting on one of the four judges to show yeah. up. Um, the fourth one isn't there. And they make it out to be like this guy is friends with him. Yeah. And maybe will sway the rest of the members.
1: Said, Chris Pine says something to Michelle Rodriguez effectively to, He's one of us. Yes. He'll listen to our argument. And that's not at no. all the plan. <laughs> and it was really confusing. And then... It was not at all a plan he He to stall,
0: they ask him they ask Chris Pine to kind of explain themselves and why I think they're rehabilitated pretty much. and he goes into the story of how they got to the point they're at, mm-hmm. and this is where I had that little issue because he was telling a good dramatic story, but a lot of things, even like the camera, the heroic camera shot of him running up to his wife at the door. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this just doesn't seem real. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's just talking out of his ass to stall for some reason.
1: And then he restarts the story at one point. Yeah, because
0: he keeps interjecting with humor, saying,
1: oh, I think we should really wait. And they're like,
0: oh, he told you. He'll be
1: holding his baby, talking to his wife, and then he'll turn to camera and say, is Jonathan here yet? Yeah,
0: and it kind of made it seem where I was like, I don't know if this is really
1: the backstory or if he's just bullshitting in order to stall. We're kind of given confirmation by Holga because she doesn't dispute anything he says
0: no but she, they make her out to be the like the arnold type the strong yeah. silent i'm just yeah. gonna beat the shit out of you but have input when it's needed yeah type of role um so i wasn't necessarily expecting her to speak up but I, the whole time he's talking i'm like i, ca- I can't mm-hmm. and then even when they escape i'm like it's not until they get to their first stop where they kind of reference everything he told in the story where i'm like oh, okay
1: i would have loved if so the the setup is he's talking to this parole board the fourth guy, Jonathan, gets here. Yes. He's, I believe they're called a Traxy. Yeah. I want to say. Big bird. They're, they're bird people. Bird humanoid creatures. And uh, so he walks in, and immediately Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez jump on him and ride him out a window, mm-hmm. and they fly away. And we see that the parole board had actually granted them clemency, mm-hmm. and uh, they've now escaped through crazy means. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I almost think it would have been funnier if they had gone to escape and they almost get to the window, but it doesn't break. And the board's like, we were going to grant you clemency. And they're like, oh, would you still? (laughs) (laughs) What do
0: we need to do for you to still give us clemency? After seeing the, after finishing the movie though, I'm kind of, that scene with the bird. Mm -hmm. What irritates me a little bit about that now is it almost seems like it was just set up for the joke at the end oh at the auto, very end and they yeah the very end yeah it's like that scene in the beginning just seems like the setup to the punchline which is that joke at yeah. the end you know part of me almost would have been like he told this story to show like his uh, his constitution which i know is one of the mm-hmm. things you roll for in D D. he was able to talk them into it mm-hmm. and i almost would have rathered him just like walking out of the jail and her being like huh
1: yeah, roll for charisma. Roll for exactly. intelligence. You know, like... And it's like, that's what his character is. Yeah. Somebody that can talk his way out of a problem. And especially because, now that we're into spoiler territory, they kind of scrubbed a lot of bard skills yes, out of Chris character. So. He really is just an ideas man, and he doesn't bring anything else And once again, to I think they
0: did that to play the joke. Mm-hmm. Where when he's getting um, grilled by Doric, and she's like, well,
1: what do you do? Oh, I come up with plans. I come up with and... plans, and what if they go bad? Well, then I come up with a new plan. Yeah. So you come up with bad plans. but you're right they could have had such an opportunity to make him like a scanlan type character i was expecting him to be scanlan i i don't know if mage hand is super common among um bards but like the the way that it's used in vox machina is so effective and again you don't want to just do what everybody else is doing but you also want to honor the characters right this is the argument in spider-man homecoming we're not going to have him web swing why well because you already have. Five movies of him web-swinging, so we're going to try and be different by making it so he doesn't web-swing. But that completely defeats the point of the character. Exactly. You can't take off Superman's cape and be like, oh, but what if he couldn't fly? Yeah. So he can jump really far? No, he can't even do that. Well, what the fuck is the point then? Yeah. I came here to watch Superman. I wanted to see dissonant whispers. I wanted to see anything that a bard can do to help out a situation. And I just, it never
0: got there. Yeah, even if you didn't want to use like some big CGI magical power, if you use it where he can just like maybe control people or mm-hmm. put people to sleep, and all you have to do is like that um, echo yeah. like ripple effect kind of kind charms of his way into things. Exactly, and that's why he so desperately wants to find his instrument.
1: And it's another reason why his daughter wouldn't be able to trust him when he talks. It's yes. because he's so good at charming everybody, and he can charm his way into any exactly. situation. And the one person who doesn't buy it is his daughter. Ooh. The real story of this movie is that. Uh, Chris Pine's daughter, uh, Kira, played by Chloe Coleman, who's yep. pretty good. She's she was, she was pretty was good. good. Um, she, her mother, has died because of these red wizards who are unstoppable. Th- this yeah. is this is the one that I was like, I don't know if that's a thing. I don't I don't know enough about D and D to say that red wizards are unstoppable. Yeah. But that they are unstoppable. <laughs> like they show up and everybody just dies on mm-hmm. sight. Um, so anyway. Chris Pine's wife is killed by Red Wizards. Mm. Chris Pine raises his daughter with Holga, who he meets, who takes pity on his daughter, not Mm. him. And they become platonic friends, and they raise this girl together. They get in league with Forge, played by Hugh Grant. Yep. And we're told that Forge is a con man. (laughs) You know, he double-crosses them almost immediately.
0: Very similar to, like, the Italian job. Yeah, shocking.
1: Oh, my God, who could have seen that coming? Um, But anyway, so he... He double-crosses them, they go to prison, they break out of prison. By the mm-hmm. time they go back to where Forge is, Forge has taken over this town called Neverwinter, and he is the head honcho, and everybody's like, that's weird. That was never something that he was really into. And he's also decided that he's going to raise Kira as his own daughter, because he wasn't into it until he realized that it made him essentially a god to her. Yes. And now he is just tripping on that power trip. Um, and so he's been lying to Kira for the last two years yeah. while Chris Pine's been in prison. Because
0: he's in prison for trying to steal a relic that would have brought his wife back to life, and Mm -hmm. Hugh Grant's character talks her into the fact that it was actually a relic to make you richer. Yeah. So she thought it was a greed reason why he left her,
1: and he had like betrayed his people and all these other things to pull off this job. So like, in his daughter's eyes, he's just this terrible person. Yes. Um, And so they they come to the conclusion that the way to solve this issue. Mm -hmm. Is to get into the vault. Yes. There's going to be a tournament. A tri-wizard style tournament. Kind of like a
0: yeah, gladiatorial yeah. type thing.
1: And uh, first time in a 100 years. Everybody dies anytime they have this tournament. Uh, so there's going to be this tournament. All these wealthy people are coming in from out of town. They're all placing wagers on it. And there's something special in the vault. That if they can get to it will solve all these problems. Yes. It'll, it'll prove to Kira that their story is true. It'll... Make it so that they can redo the financial structure of the realm. They can get evil people out of power and put good people into power. All these other things, and revive her. Well, yeah. So they they gotta they gotta get into this vault, and so to do that they need a sorcerer. So they go back. They find Simon, who was their sorcerer when they were pulling cons, mostly a con man, uh, also not a great sorcerer. No, not at all. Um, and then they need a uh, changeling. So they get Doric, who is our who Simon knows? Simon wanted to date. Yeah, and he tried to court her before. Tried to date him. her. She said, you're too sad yeah. as a person. I can't...
0: And don't have any confidence. Yeah, in...
1: so I'm not interested. There were some really funny lines there yes. where he'd be like, these are the reasons why she turned me down. And Holgo would be like, yeah, you are like that. He's like, ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> See, and
0: what I'm curious, they make Doric... I mean, she looks like a
1: child mm-hmm.
0: or a young adult, but they... Make her
1: seem older. Yeah, well, it, it's interesting because Sophia lillis who plays Doric, uh-huh. is a very small woman. <laughs> yes, she's not. So, so she she seems like she's a twenty year old woman who just happens to be leading this resistance movement in the the forest. Her whole thing is that she doesn't trust humans. This is really where we get into the issue of her being a tiefling, mm. because we see her, and anybody who's seen Vox Machina will see her and be like, oh, she looks exactly like Keyleth. They say that she's a tiefling. But again, if you know D and D, you know that Tieflings don't have pale skin. <laughs> That's not a thing. They're not white. That's not one of the colors that Tieflings come in. Uh, as far as I know, the colors range from blue to red. Mm. Uh, so purples, pinks, blues, reds, all anywhere in between. Could have done something like that. I guess you didn't want to put her in the makeup chair for five hours at the beginning of the day to make oh. her skin all pink and then. But like. That's the character? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of, you gotta. You, that's not optional. That's even and in reality, it, she's
0: luckily fully clothed throughout the majority of the movie, so they would have had to have just painted her face and in her hands. hands. Yeah. And that was it.
1: And her neck, yeah. So it's like... They could have done it digitally afterwards. There's exactly. there, So many things that they could have done, and it's just, instead you have this, this white woman saying that she hates humans, and you're just like, but you look like a human wearing a horn headband. Yeah. You, know? you look like you're at the rent fair. Yeah. It's not great. It's, all the other costumes, really good. Really strong. Here, knowing what a tiefling is supposed to look like, not great. And it was a good, it was a
0: really well-done character. It was and a transformation. I love
1: Doric as a character. I love Sophia Lillis's per, performance yes. as that character. I love the owlbear stuff, that, mm. that they made her into Hulk in a lot of ways. I wish that they had stuck more to her being this rebel leader instead mm. of what becomes the, the story. You put it very well when you said it's Alora Dannon and Tony Revolori. Yes in Willow all over again of Simon being like but I want to date you and Dork being like I'm busy and by the end of the movie she's like you can try and date me again and it's like <sighs> yeah
0: no <laughs> it's like there's a reason that series didn't get picked up for a second season <laughs> I'm um, still so a
1: little pissy about that I'm going to be fully honest no, with you I wanted to see where they were going Willow nerd. for anybody who didn't hear Willow has been fully cancelled yes uh, that, that tease at the end that had book two and book three not going to happen no. so R.I.P. That's the ending we get. But it's... Yeah, you know,
0: there were kind of issues like that in... Did you ever see Warcraft? Yeah. That one was also much truer to this type of game or property than anything had been. But there were a couple of the character models that were a little like Paula Patton's Mm -hmm. like orc, orc, half-orc, half-human type character. It was a little... This one kind of reminded me of that. It's like, it's not... Whitewashing, really, but it's as close as you can get.
1: Also, as cool as her slingshot was, she has the slingshot that's mounted on her arm. Yeah. So she like unwinds the cable, pulls it back, and fires. She uses it once, isn't so she? She uses it a few times. It's a cool concept. I'm gonna say the same thing I say about Zelda. It's a fucking slingshot. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Listen, I get it. The wrist rocket that Lucas uses in mm-hmm. fucking Stranger Things that'll put a hole in you, right? Yeah. I get it. I get it. She's shooting at people in steel armor. (laughs) She's shooting rocks at people in steel armor. I don't think a slingshot's going to do it.
0: Hey, you can headbutt a stormtrooper and not hurt yourself. Uh, Hey,
1: at least at some point, Holga, when fighting... Holga, at two different points, takes on an entire battlement of men. Yes. And uh, she at least uses a stone when bashing people in the head. Where she's just swinging this big brick she's taken out of the ground. And it's like these little pebbles... That Dork is shooting. Yeah. Give her a sword. Give her a bow and arrow. Give her anything yeah. <laughs> but not this as cool as it is to see her do the thing and then the thing. It doesn't really fit the character.
0: <laughs> you can turn into a monster that will tear everyone's heads why off would and this you're gonna be use your, a slingshot?
1: Yeah, and also you're a magic user, you don't yeah. use enough magic. They keep talking about how they need more magic users. I'm like, you have three! You have three magic users! Yeah. Only one of them will use magic. I don't know why, but you have three magic users on your team. I don't understand this concept of we yeah. need more magic users. If you had gotten the paladin, because we should talk about that, if you had gotten the paladin on your team, you would have had four magic users. Yeah. So what's your problem? <laughs>
0: So, let's go through the characters. Yes. So, we got Chris Pine as the lead. I think he did great. I think he did a really good job. He did a really good job. He was charismatic Chris Pine. So good. um, Would have liked
1: more singing out of him. Would have liked more bardship out of him. Yes, I agree. He's a bard in the sense that he has a loot, and he hits people with it. And he doesn't do any sword fighting or anything like that. But, I I, I want a little bit more bard action, but for what he was given, he did a very good job.
0: Yes, And, and that's... I agree with you with what you just said about what he was given because I think some of the problem I had is he, he was kind of written as this worthless person. Like mm-hmm. he didn't really have any part in do anything with that group
1: mm-hmm. where
0: it's like, it just give him a little something. yeah You know, he's kind of, he was kind of the Hawkeye without the bow and arrow. You know what I mean? It's like you have all these people that are pretty much superheroes and you're just. Yeah. He's, he's supposed to be the man with the, with the
1: plan, but. As anybody who's played D&D will know, well, you can't necessarily charge into battle with your bard as your front man, you're not going to do real great. Yeah. If, you, if you switch out your bard and your barbarian, not going to be a great fight for you. But bards can do a lot of really good support things. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen any of those things done here. Exactly. Um, it's not his fault. He didn't no. write it. But again, would have liked to have seen that. On the flip side, Michelle Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez plays a barbarian yes. and does all the things you want to see a barbarian do outside of Shrouding. I would like to rage like Grog. So I was like, he, she doesn't actually say I would like to rage, but you can see that she's raging.
0: Yeah. And it's her. we talked about this in the car ride home. Her screen presence in this as that character was fantastic.
1: Yeah. I'm not a huge Michelle Rodriguez fan. No. I just don't find that she's a particularly great actress in a lot of things. But when she gets the right role. She really does a great job with it. And you put it best when you said it's a physicality thing. Yeah. Her her delivery can kind of leave you wanting more. Well, you could even take
0: this and go back and watch the awful Blood Rain movie. And if you listen to her dialogue in both, they have the exact same kind
1: of... Wasn't she also in the Resident Evil movies?
0: Oh, she was in the first one. Yeah. She was a cop in the first one. But it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just... Like you said, we maybe are just not fans of her type of acting. But
1: she's really good here.
0: Because she's, Yeah, she has that, she pulled off that presence The, the so personality
1: well. matches the kind of approach that she yes. has. So she, she does show a lot of love to characters. And she does show a lot of passion and a lot of desire and all these other things. But it's all very subtle. Her big storyline is that she and her husband have separated. And she wants to go talk to him one more time. Mm-hmm. And Chris Pine's like, I don't know if that's a great idea. But when they get to her town, and she's like, this is what we're doing. You can really tell yeah. the, the force and energy that she's bringing to that character at that moment. And then she's great in all the fight scenes. Oh, she's and, and moments like she gets in a fight in a forge at one point towards the end of the movie. Uh-huh. She has this super axe that she's picked up from somebody. And she pulls it out of a fire that it got dunked into. And it's just a little melted. Mm. And she looks at it and she's like... Not angry about that. Yeah, I was like, this, this I can deal with. This I like.
0: But it's, and I think this is a testament to what we were saying about it's. It's not her line delivery; it's her acting without saying anything. Because I think the best acting she did is when Kira is kind of having the flashback of everything Holga did and pretty much being her mother. Yeah. Well, and, and in that flashback, you don't. She, you know, Michelle Rodriguez doesn't have a line of dialogue, but just her expressions of, of joy
1: and happiness, it, it just was beautiful. The presence that she has with this child yes. and, and the way that so she's well done. that was great. It was so I, well done. That I, was a great scene. I think she had the best performance of anybody in this movie. Uh-huh. Just because like she was doing stuff that can get really tricky when it comes to subtlety. You don't want to seem like you're sleepwalking through a movie, mm-hmm. um, but you really get that sense of depth when she comes out of her house after officially breaking up with her husband and uh is on this new path of i want to prove to everybody that i am a warrior and that i can take care of other people that i care about and mm-hmm. all these other things and she's clearly upset and chris pine just takes out his lute and starts playing and i thought she was gonna rip it out of his hand and smash it uh-huh. she just starts singing along with yeah, him and it's an awesome so good that was a That's good so moment. good yeah. and then towards the end of the movie spoilers the dynamic between her, Chris Pine, and Kira is that Chris Pine wants to revive his wife, who Kira doesn't know. Kira was raised by Chris Pine and Holga. And Holga. So she sees Holga as her mother, yes. even though nobody will ever call it that. Um, so Holga, towards the end of the movie, is killed. And that's when we have that moment of all these subtle shots of mm. Holga and Kira and the, the relationship that they have. And yeah. you realize... This is her actual mother. It's like, that was a really great, powerful that was a great moment. One, yeah, because
0: because once again, it showed. And Chris Pine had mentioned this, where he said, "I wasn't reviving. I wasn't getting this to revive your mother. I was getting it to revive my, my wife. wife." And so that end scene really nailed that home, where he mm-hmm. knows because he even said he goes, you know, he plays it off like he was always the selfish one, but he knows that this is what he needed to do for his daughter mm-hmm. and the woman that, even though. It's not sexual love. I bet. I, I think he loves her just as yeah. much as he loved his wife. They
1: they love each other like Robin and Steve love each other. Yes, you know, exactly. like they just they. That's a very not, good analogy. Thank you. It's bro. not a physical thing. Yes, it's, it's entirely a friendship thing. Friendship they and would, respect. They would never leave each other for anything. Yes, and just like when she's sitting there dying, and she and Chris Pine start singing again. Oh, such a that was a good it's scene. Great moment. It's a great moment. A a great moment. moment. So, Holga's great. Yes. Let's talk about Reggae Jean.
0: Okay, Reggae Jean as Jenks. Um, he's great for the little bit that he's
1: in. Yeah, he anybody who came to this movie thinking that they were gonna get a full Bridgerton episode. Oh my god. Nah son. Nah, son. But I
0: love how he played that character, the just suave arrogance and
1: If there was ever a lawful good, he is lawful good. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like he's a absolutely. paladin. So he should be lawful good, but he is lawful good. Yeah. <laughs> capital L. Yes. Capital G. And once again
0: the parts here he's in are so great
1: mm-hmm.
0: that it just really is shocking that when he departs after their let's say it's their version of the minds of Moria, when they escape it and they mm-hmm. he kills the dragon. I really thought he was gonna become part of their troop and help them finish off this quest.
1: Yeah, no, he walks off.
0: He just walks off. Yeah. And it's it's funny where they say he's walking in a straight line, he walks over the rock instead mm-hmm. of around it, and like that was funny. But it was also like, yeah, why the fuck is he walking away? Yeah. Because they're talking about going to this place where there might be a Red Wizard. Because at that point, I think they were aware of... Well, they they say that... Sophina.
1: Yeah. They know that Sophina's trouble. Yes. And they know that she's a Red Wizard. Yes. Sophina is the woman that basically gave Forge his power. So she, she basically got Hugh Grant into this position of power. She's been behind everything that's been Which, bad the whole time very similar
0: to the red witch in game of thrones, game of thrones. with stanis baratheon yeah where she was doing that and that ends up
1: yeah so she but she of course has her own plan of course she's not doing this just because she likes hugh grant or thinks that his politics are going to save yeah. neverwinter she wants to turn everybody into zombies so magic zombies zank he is from the same culture as all the red yes. wizards are and he was there when they first started their evil plan. Their their big plan is they have some unholy lord of the underrealm that they serve. It was a very awesome makeup effect. Yeah, that. yeah, we see him a little bit at one point when um, the the red witch is talking to someone in the corner, and it, it just reminded like me a, a
0: lot of the dude at the end of um, Stranger Things this past season. Uh, yeah, the Vecna. Vecna, very much so. Had with that the, kind
1: of like Draugr look to it. Yeah, of, like, very this skeletal. Skeletal. And... skeletal undead creature yeah it turns out all the red wizards are undead yes and they have this magical artifact that when they cast a spell into the magical artifact it creates this mist that when people I like breathe to it refer to
0: it as smilex gas like yeah. the joker stuff yeah, it does it, yes. it has a very joker very much to so it.
1: um but this big red cloud comes out and if you get uh if you get stuck in it it wipes away your personality and replaces it with this must serve evil demon lord yes personality Yes. Um, so it's it's a it's a culture of liches, mm. and um, she is going to uh, bring him back this time by sacrificing Neverwinter. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where I kind of look at Zank, and I say, hey, <laughs> Captain Lawfulgood. Yeah. Isn't this kind of the Eternals argument of not my monkey, not my problem? Exactly. I think this is your monkey. Yeah. I think this is your problem.
0: Because once again, it would start at Neverwinter. And it, would it would go from there. Develop the entire And who better world. to
1: know how to handle the situation than the guy who survived it. Yeah. And has some power from it. He says that while he survived it, he was changed by it.
0: Which he has uh, kind of a form of their mark on his yeah, head that they have not quite to the extent. He has
1: some mark. The, the, the red wizards all have these etched in markings all over yes. their heads. And he has just a little bit of one just under his hairline.
0: Which it makes sense. You keep calling them lawful good. Maybe that's when you only get a sampling of this evil. It has the opposite effect,
1: or it shows you the evil in the world. And so every time he sees something evil, that's true. It makes him he, into like Batman. He pushes it the other go. He goes yeah. the other way. Uh, but he he has kind of Drax moments where he's like, I don't track in yeah. irony and you know the use of sarcasm is stupid. I don't understand metaphor. All these different things.
0: It was kind of like I couldn't tell. If it was more like Drax and more like Spock.
1: Yeah, it was somewhere in that range. Because he
0: had that personality where he wasn't... He knew what they were jobial. talking about, but he
1: wouldn't acknowledge exactly. it. And so he would just carry on talking about whatever he was talking about. Like he was being—he was playing it fully straight the entire exactly. time. So he has this helmet. They need this helmet because when you attune to the helmet... Mm-hmm. Which, again, it's weird that the, the d d things that they did get, but not quite right. Because attuning to an item, that is a thing. Mm-hmm. The way that attuning to an item happens in this movie is interesting again i haven't played yeah. enough D to say that that is or isn't right but it doesn't match the experience that i've seen
0: it's like you have to overcome D&D. your greatest fear in your subconscious so which was his dad
1: simon is he's the descendant of a great wizard but he's not a great wizard and in order to attune to the helmet to use it to dispel these magical spells blocking the vault he has to overcome his own self-doubt yes he can't do that until he gets a, uh, a little bit of bardic inspiration. Well, we'll give them a point. Yes. We'll give them a, a, a point and say that anytime Chris Pine is giving an inspiring speech, even though that's a paladin thing, mm. anytime he's giving an inspiring speech, maybe it's just bardic inspiration. Maybe yeah. that's what's really going on. The, he can't figure out how to wear the helmet. And uh, oh, before we get to that, they have to go through an entire dungeon. Yep. And this was interesting because there seemed to be a lot of lore and other things going mm. on around it. None of which we got into. Yeah. <laughs> And so it's like, oh, yeah, there's a town over there and it's full of demons and all those other things. And we're not going there. Yeah. And we have to go through the undergrowth or whatever they called it. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, that's dangerous. We, that's a dangerous... It, they pretty much escape through the entire thing. No yeah. problem. We have to cross this bridge. Uh, but we don't. <laughs> I hope we didn't need to because exactly. it's gone now. Exactly. And now we have a portal gone. Um, and so just like, okay, this is not what I expected, but it's not bad. It just doesn't... What I expected was for you to actually play out a D&D campaign where when you were writing the script, you said, okay, Simon does this, and then you roll, and you see if Simon pulls it off, and then you write your script in line with what happened. Yeah, That's kind of what I expected to have happen. Maybe that happened, but there was a lot of deus ex machina. of uh, Simon destroyed the bridge that we have to get across. Okay, well, that's a problem, and it wasn't going to be easy to cross in the first place. Well, let me go through my bag of holding. I also really wanted them to bring a bag of holding at some point. At any time Chris Pine keeps on handing things to Simon, At the time he did hand things to Simon, I would love for him to say, bag of holding. Like, not, not hold this, just bag of holding. Mm. And it's like, okay, that's, that's the, the term.
0: I think that scene also was played a little loose because I think they missed an opportunity of Jenks. Instead of explaining to them how to do it, him starting to do it gets halfway over the bridge and they realize what they have and mm-hmm. they all transport across. Yeah. Like, it would have been funny still and I think it would have... And it just, just seemed like a cheap throwaway. We're like, oh, I'm going to step on this. Oh. It's almost like the Indiana Jones shooting the yeah, swordsman. Yeah. Where that was awesome. This is like, oh, okay. Yeah. You got to so, run some.
1: So it turns out when Holga went back to her ex-husband, she had yes. given her ex-husband a walking stick, and it turns out that this walking stick is a portal gun. Yes. That's also just happens. A hither and thither staff, I think they call it. Something like that, yeah. and um, so it's But it's a portal gun. And so they get across, they find the helmet that they need, they get ambushed by these red wizards, and Zank goes hell on them. That, that was awesome. a great fight. That scene. was really. That great. was a great fight scene. That was really I fucking love that. Yeah. Um, and it, it the the whole dragon reveal that was all great. The, mm. the the whole rest of the scene was pretty good. I will say, if you're underwater and you set off an explosion, that's generally not good. Yeah. <laughs> Water amplifies the force of the explosion. So if that explosion is large enough to blast the ceiling off, it's gonna also go down too. Yeah,
0: and it's like the end of that scene was kind of, it seemed a little rushed.
1: Yeah. Anyway, their escape notwithstanding. Yes. <laughs> their escape in its implausibility notwithstanding, uh, that is when uh, Zank decides, peace y'all, I'm yeah. going to go. And it's like, you're going to go? and Peace y'all, I'm going to go. And he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> we see him very briefly. I got your
0: helm, I... I... I this is your job now. Yeah, it's your job. I was like, "No." No, this is your job. Yeah. We need you. It's like at the end of Justice League, Superman's like, "Nah, you do it without me." And just yeah. flies away To you're like,
1: no, "No, Superman. We really can't win this fight we without you, man." save the world, dude. There's like no fucking way. Yeah. So, uh, but I guess it's not his circus or his monkeys. So, yeah, that's he's going to he's going to peace. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we get a little bit more backstory on Chris Pine. Simon says, "I can't figure this thing out." Mm. And they come up with a second plan mm. to get into the vault, which involves the portal gun. Mm. That was also a great scene. That was When a really they're cool setting scene. that up, yeah. there's no dialogue. It's all just people doing things. Great I, camera work too. Great camera. Switching work.
0: between the passing through the mirror. Oh
1: so many cool yeah. things in that sequence. It was really, really I really, horrible. really love that sequence. Honestly, I loved from that sequence on, I really didn't have many complaints with the movie. Yeah. There were a few things here and there uh, magical bracelets—we'll get to—but um, by and large, it was pretty good. It had a nice twist mm-hmm. where everybody gets into the vault, and it turns out that nobody's <laughs> in the vault. You know, all these different turns of—we have to get back into the city. We have to get mm-hmm. out of the city. There's a boat. There's all these other things going on, and meanwhile, this tournament is starting above ground. We got to come up with Plan C, throw out Plan C, come up with Plan D, and it, it's just—it's fun. It's little silly things like they put the mirror face down. Yes. So, <laughs> so they can't use it. Um, so Dork Doric to, had to scrape a little yeah. bit of
0: so she could turn into a worm just to slide. Just to get that it out. That was really cool. That was really clever. Yeah, that was and really clever.
1: Like, just these little, little touches that I really, really like. Which she's the only one that actually
0: ends up in the vault. Yeah. The other ones were...
1: They went to the, the, the vault. The what they vault thought vault. was, yes. And they find out that it's a trap for yes. anybody who's come to do anything nefarious. Um and so uh they get captured and chris pine uses his bardic inspiration to talk them into instead of being killed right now uh put us in the games and we'll probably die but if we don't who cares and then they're like but why would i almost called her Savic? that's black adam oh safina safina why would safina do that and they're like, I don't know. We'll find out, and we never find out. Yeah. We never find it's out. It's like,
0: did she think that they just weren't going to make it through the I guess maze in time, and they would have just been transformed?
1: I guess, but I
0: don't it was that, that was a very Bond villain move. Yeah,
1: of it's like you have an opportunity to kill the main character yeah. and all of his cronies, and you're going to be like, no, 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 put him in the trap.
0: They should have Seth Green just walk in and armor and be like, they're right there. Yeah, kill him, just like just Austin kill Powers. Him right it's right just like now. Shoot him. Shoot
1: him yeah. in the head. Yeah.
0: Push him in the shark pit. Yeah. Do it. Because they were all, the the three mains, Simon, Holga, and um, what's his name? Edgren and Edgren. Edgren. Were all like wrapped in these vines and they yeah. were going to be suffocated. Oh, and... tentacles. I've or seen, tentacles. I've seen yeah, enough hints. I didn't know
1: where this is going.
0: Tentacles out of the ground and starts wrapping them up and you're like, yeah, I thought they were easily yeah. dead. And then. I did think the magic looked really cool in this. That was really cool.
1: All over. Whether it was the melting floor at the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie or whether it was any of the transformations that. Uh, dork goes through yes i really love the way that the magic looked top to bottom Um, i agree so dork wakes up because dork was the only one that was knocked unconscious uh she wakes up and uh they're in a trap and they've been giving we complained for the entire the entire season of she hulk Mm. we were like but you have Encumbrance bands, right? You have the, the the anti-power bands, right? Why, why, why all this? Why all this? I don't understand. Yeah. Turns out, even though I've never heard of this, there's anti-magic uh, bracelets like, that, that, that you can Dora slap on people, on and now they can't use magic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but they're in a gladiatorial game where they're trying to survive. Yeah. Okay, and I wouldn't mind, except that it comes up later on in the plot, which not a fan. Yeah. So, that that sequence where they're going through the maze, I love that, where you have...
0: And a, that's where you get the throwback to the original characters from yeah. the animated, film, animated yeah. TV show.
1: Yeah, and you you get this cool panther monster that can create illusions. Yeah, which
0: was really cool.
1: Some, you get a uh, mimic, you get uh gelatinous the, cube. The
0: dwarf makeup was awesome yeah. on oh. that dwarf character. It was yeah. really good.
1: There were a lot of really cool things, yeah. and I really, really like that whole sequence um the, the especially the dwarf that gets snuck up on yeah. that was cool that was really cool like there's just a lot of really cool things here and th- this is why I give the movie a B is for moments like this mm. this is fucking cool this is really what cool. i wanted to see out of this entire movie um so they they escape that and mm. by now the full evil plan is in motion and they got to solve that problem mm. and the way that they solve that problem is by slapping one of these resistance bands mm. on the Red Witch, and that pretty much takes care of the problem. And then, uh, and Dork pulls a Hulk, and, and yeah, just Dork beats turns the her into Loki. Her.
0: And, and it I mean, that was such a Loki yeah. scene, too. It was yeah. straight out of the goddamn yeah. movie. I was like, Jesus, man, come yeah. on!
1: Yeah, right down to the is she down? Give her one more, yeah, throw and her against the wall, yeah. and then have her slowly. just pick her up. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> that was so awesome. I really loved it, though. Yeah, it, that was it, it was a straight Loki Hulk moment, but yep. I love that moment, and I like this one, too. It was a great moment. And the movie just kind of ends after that. Yeah. You, you have the whole thing with Holga being revived, and the emotional center of the movie being resolved in that end, and Kira Aaron. and uh, Edgin become a family again, and everybody's happy, and... And they
0: get their End of a New Hope medals from yeah. the, the actual king who's come out of his coma. They're
1: they're forgiven for their crimes against yeah. the the realm, and um, Doric and Simon are going to try dating again. <sighs> okay, but, 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 and Hugh Grant is caught by Zank, yes. <laughs> who does know that he still has a job near uh, Neverwinter, mm-hmm. because he has to pick up Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. Not save the day not help just pick up your grant, that's fine okay all right. yeah
0: it was such i mean it was cool to see him again but it was so disappointing just feel like he like, should have been through more most of this
1: if you have thor in your movie and then you have thor just leave you need to have him come back if yeah. thor just showed up after thanos got all the stones and that was just like i'm here and it's too late it's like why did we spend so much time with you then yeah. what was the point of all building that building
0: this amazing character
1: yeah what was the point <laughs> of all yeah, of I that i was so
0: disappointed by that
1: so so again small tinkery kind of things where you just got to kind of tighten up yeah
0: but i'll be i'll be honest that was a, one of the major hits yeah. in this movie for me was the lack of that character's arc yeah. because it would they built him up to be such a fascinating character yeah. to just have him walk off and a joke mm-hmm. you're like
1: and he might come back later. He yeah, might he not. Yeah, never not. He gets third bill in the movie for twenty. And like you said, time. he's in most of the trailers. Yeah,
0: they make him out to be. They make him be one of the, the, the traveling party. Yeah,
1: and he's not. He's he's very, frankly, not. Yeah. I think Kelly put it best when they when she said he's a guest star. Yeah. If you were watching Critical Role or D20, he's the guy that comes on for one week, has mm. a really fun character that you really like, and then you never see him again. Yeah. And it's just like. Oh, of all the authentic D&D things, I didn't think that was going to be one of them. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I guess authenticity. I just would have liked to have had other people here. We're going to get into the Bradley Cooper of it all. Yes. And for anybody who doesn't know, who's like, Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper's in this movie. <laughs> he's Holger's husband. And he's Holger's first Ex-husband. husband. Ex-husband, yes. Yes. He is just this... He's a gnome. He's one of the, the characters that I first saw, the kind of, like, hazy, the, the CGI isn't great here. Because... It's not fair, but it was 20 years ago, so I'm going to do it anyway. You have a scene of Holga and Bradley Cooper talking to each other. And they're in chairs sitting across from each other. And I'm just sitting here like, Lord of the Rings did this yes! 20 years ago.
0: You could tell in this that they obviously CGI. Yeah. She, and you can like, tell she's talking to an empty chair. All you needed was forced perspective. Yeah. Like you said, they did it over 20 years ago. Yeah. I think they started filming it in, like, 98 98 or something like that. Yeah. So it's been 25 years.
1: I'm getting nods from our stand. Yes, that is correct. Yeah.
0: So it's been 25 years since you did this awesome camera work. And once again, I I don't know if it was just rushed. And they're like, ah, just do CGI.
1: Yeah, this seems like one of those, like, if the fact that she gets this staff that is wholly important to the entire rest of the movie. Yes. If that wasn't here, this would feel like a reshoot. Yes. But that staff is essential to the entire second half of the plot of the yes. movie. So this had to have been in the original, the plot, because the plot, you would have to reshoot the entire second half of this movie yeah. to have just this one scene where you're going to have Bradley Cooper in it. how the
0: big things in movies nowadays are these surprise cameos, yeah. this was their moment, too, so you know they had this plan.
1: Oh, the, from the moment she walks up to the house and knocks on the door, I was like, so who's going to play her husband? Yeah. Who's it going to be? And then we meet his new wife, and I thought that was going to be a face actor of some kind. Yeah,
0: we both thought it was Olivia Coleman at first.
1: Yeah, but like, it, it was fine. It wasn't bad, It, but again, it falls into that, I don't want to call it the Uncanny Valley. It's not like that street in uh, Chippendale, oh, yeah, Rangers. nice. but it is one of those moments of, huh, okay. I'm going to ignore it, but don't think I didn't notice it. Yeah. I felt the same way. This was a bigger deal to me, was when we first see the parole meeting, there's a woman on the far end of the table, and she comes back later. What I didn't realize was that she was a gnome. So she comes back later, and she's tiny. Yes! And I was like... That threw me off, was too. Was she a gnome in the first scene?
0: No. That perspective was not right in it that didn't, first scene. She
1: looked like a regular person yes. in that first scene. Yes. And then in the second half of the movie, she's a gnome. And I was just like, this... I don't get I'm glad this. you brought that
0: up because I thought the same thing. I was yeah. like, wait a second. She wasn't
1: a gnome in the first no, movie. not at all. In the first scene. That, no. that wasn't a thing. Nope. And we also talked about this a little bit in The Ride Home. The gnomes don't look like gnomes. They look like tiny humans. Yeah. They look like shrunk humans. And it's just like, if you look at, it's not fair, but we're going to do it anyway. If you look at Vox Machina or other fan-based um, artworks for, mm-hmm. for characters who are gnomes, Fuck! They don't look like just tiny humans. They, yeah. they have different features. They have different sizes. They're almost of like scales. mini elves.
0: Yeah. And it's like,
1: just do that. Yeah, like just, Slap <laughs> on some ears, a couple prosthetics. It they're won't somewhere between much. elves and halflings. Yeah. But even smaller. Yeah. And it's just like I, I didn't dislike it, but it was definitely one of those like, okay, all right, this this feels like a marvel humor moment of yeah. like eh, you could have gone away without doing that
0: which i want to get to my favorite humor moment and probably my favorite part of the movie which was a complete and total ripoff of um del toro's hellboy where he's he has to go and get uh resurrect a dead body oh to yeah. give him information yeah very much like the vibes mm. were so in in time But it was such a great, funny scene. Well,
1: and that's a scene that felt like it was written for D&D fans. Yes. Because Simon's going over the spell he's going to cast. And he's like, okay, so we can ask them five questions. And Dork says, only five questions? he says, that's the way the spell works. And she says, that seems really arbitrary. Yeah, And it's like, right? (laughs) This is what we were hoping for. And not enough of this, too much of the Marvel style of let's make this for everybody. And we'll just put in a few tiny little details that hardcore fans will like. Yeah. You got to do this. Like the captain America first Avenger where this is made for hardcore fans and people who don't like the character will not get it. Mm. (laughs) They just won't understand why people are so excited about this. And they'll think, Oh, this is a weird jingoistic movie. It's like, no, it's fucking captain America. Mm. Like there's a difference. There's a hard line between those two things. And, um, Cap represents what America should be, not Mm -hmm. what America is. And this movie represented what D&D could be, Mm -hmm. but not what it is.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. But it was, especially that first corpse, Mm -hmm. how they did the fun play where they were asking each other questions, but since he heard a question, he was just answering it. Yes. That was pretty freaking funny. Especially when they said the last one, he just falls and
1: collapses. Yeah. Like, that whole scene was great. Yeah.
0: Uh, like, I, you're right. I wish there was just more of that tone.
1: I love the guy who gets out of the bathtub and dies. Yeah, he breaks his neck. <laughs> he breaks his neck falling out of the bathtub. Well, no, that was my that brother. That was my brother. <sighs> that was so freaking I bright. also love, like, they get to the, the site. And Holga's like, this is the the holy resting ground of my people. This is this is sacred ground, you know. And she's being all like, for the first time ever, she's being kind of like, oh, this is this is a big deal. Yeah. Chris Pine's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody got
0: a shovel? It kind of blows her <laughs> up. Which I I did like the the flashback scenes to that battle, and I almost wanted to see yeah, more of that More battle. of that stuff. Yeah. The battle looked
1: awesome. The dragon that. Shoot stones instead of fire. There were yes. so many cool things here. Yes. In the last fight, when she animates the dragon. Yes. That's a statue. There's so many cool things here. I wanted so much more of this and a little less of the Marvel stuff. There were some of the Marvel stuff that I liked. the The moment when they're trying to do a diversion, and so they have Simon cast an illusion of Ed playing the lute, and he distracts all the guards, and they all come over for a little mm. concert, and then. Uh, Simon gets stuck, so he can't focus on the spell. So the mm. spell starts warping and changing and melting. I like that a lot. That was awesome. I also wonder why Chris Pine couldn't have just done this as a bard. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he could come up with a diversion as a bard. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's in his wheelhouse of things to do. So so next time, I appreciate that you like skimmed over the chapters and you kind of like uh-huh. leaf through the book. Next time, read the book. I mean, don't just get ideas. And read it's like the this book. This
0: movie was two hours and 14 minutes. I yeah. think if they would have just added 15 more minutes, made it a full two and a half, mm-hmm. and added, added a little more context into some of these scenes and a little more of that battle scene, just... I think that was the thing, is is the good parts were really good. Mm-hmm. They just were so
1: quickly over with. And it, it wasn't like they were replaced by bad things. It's just, it, you'd end up in the situation where you'd find something you really liked. Yes. And then suddenly you'd move on to the next thing. And you're like, oh, but I kind of really liked that. Yeah. I wanted to hang out there for a little bit. But I'm like, okay, I get it. We're doing a story. We got to move on. But then you end up moving on to Simon can't put on the helmet because he doesn't have confidence. It's like, no, we fucking know. Yeah. We found out from the girl that he can't date, that he doesn't have confidence. Yeah. We all know he doesn't have confidence. This doesn't need to be 20 minutes of the movie of Simon learning to trust himself. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I get it. As far as character growth goes, I understand it. But it, when it gets into those kind of plotting things that you've seen in other movies, mm-hmm. it doesn't bring anything new to those situations. Exactly. But it has new situations like lawfully good Zank, mm-hmm. which is really interesting we don't spend enough time on it. Nope, not even close. You have this really, really fat dragon. That was hilarious. That was funny. I really liked that. That was so cute and, and cool. We're going to move right on from it. We're just going to move right on to the next thing. Yeah. And, and just it wasn't breakneck. I don't want to make it sound like it was like, go, 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 yeah, go. No, go. They,
0: they took their time in some sequences, but it's just the ones they took their time in they should not have and the yeah. ones they needed to spend more time in they didn't.
1: Yeah, I would. I wanted to say this movie is well-paced, but it's, it's not necessarily well-paced. The moments that you like, they don't last long enough. Yeah. So. And I
0: think the thing is, is because the moments that I really enjoyed had a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it's just the budgetary restrictions. where like, we yeah. just don't have the CGI budget to do
1: any more of this. Yeah, and like I, I just I can't help but look at it and say I really like the thought process that goes into this. I really like the fight scenes. I really like the choreography. I really like the way the spells look. I know I mentioned that, but I'm going to say it again because it's really important. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter, I think, doesn't always get the spells right in those movies. Oh, I agree 100%. Because it's just colored lights, and that's fine, but it also kind of looks like you're watching a clone trooper battle.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: so, you know, like here the magic has weight and look and style and all these other things. Mm -hmm. I just wish that they had leaned into some of those elements more there were elements i really like when holga gets stabbed you see her get stabbed in the movie but they don't stop and make a big deal out Mm -hmm. of it you know there's no cut to simba on the rock being like no Mm -hmm. it's like she gets stabbed and thrown and we're in the middle of a fight so we can't stop and be like oh holga's gonna die it's like Mm -hmm. we don't even know holga's gonna die until the fight's over and then everybody's gathering around and she's on the ground you're like oh that's not great yeah so it's like that stuff I fucking love because that's how a fight scene should be. I'm so tired of moments where sim- this almost happened in this movie where they're being attacked by the red mercenaries. Yes. And uh, the one guy is like, he's already been killed once and he's come back to life and he's like, oh, you can't get past me. And then he gets eaten by the dragon. Yes. And it's just, meanwhile, the entire cave's collapsing, this giant chain is falling this everything's going wrong and this guy's like I'm going to pick a fight right now it's like this is not the time mm-hmm. and this really felt like it hit that idea of this is not the time <laughs> we're not going to do all these stupid cutaways for drama mm-hmm. we're going to show the scene and then let the drama unfold in the the aftermath of that I agree as it would in real life because if you're fighting somebody and your best friend gets stabbed you're not going to be like whoa time out I got to go have a soliloquy and you know, so I like that here. I like a lot of elements here. I just yeah. wish that they had tuned that engine up a little bit more. And also, we, we've gone back and forth on this a lot off camera, but they didn't involve enough D&D heavies yes. in this movie. We talk a lot about member berries and the idea of what makes a good member berry versus a bad member berry. When is it too saccharine? When is it not enough? Mm. When is it misplaced? And here, I'm not saying I needed... Matt Mercer and the entire cast of Vox Machina, or Brendan Lee Mulligan and the entire cast of D20, or any of these people that have made D&D famous. You point out Joe Mangalello. Mm-hmm. All these people that have made D&D famous in the last 20 years, given it the resurgence that it has I mean, currently. I spoiler,
0: Joe Magnello is pretty much playing... I mean, he plays himself in the latest season of Mythic Quest, mm-hmm. where he is getting involved in this game, which is very D&D
1: because he's D&D. It's like... They're doing it on TV. Mm -hmm. You can't find something for him in this movie? And the more I think about it, the more I am beginning to come around to your idea of Bradley Cooper's funny. That's a good role for Joe Manganiello. Yes. Because then you get this kind of weird middle ground of he's ripped, but he's a gnome. And he just is trying to make a happy home for his wife, who's a barbarian. And it's just another weird little thing to add on top of everything else.
0: And. I was just thinking about this as far as our um, deletions. I'm shocked they couldn't find any way to say the word Dungeon Master. Mm. A character, a reference. It's like, if anything, that anyone who's a noob that knows nothing about Dungeons & Dragons, they probably know the term Dungeon Master mm-hmm. because it is goes hand in hand. And it's like, in the cartoon, he was a major character in the cartoon, and it's like, I'm kind of shocked they didn't find any way to fit that term? In. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's even like, if
1: it was like a narrator who was following the story, something along. like that. And like Dungeon Master itself is such a ubiquitous term to Dungeons and Dragons that when you watch people play other non Dungeons and Dragons games, they refer to it as a game master, not a dungeon master. Exactly. So like, I, I, but can, like
0: even in the flashback when they're in the in the dungeon trying to get the gold or in the vault or whatever, it could have had a reference to someone there who was the dungeon master. You could or have said.
1: You could have said since they're. They're stealing from this group called the Harpers mm. that Edgin is a part of or was. You could have had him be like, "We have to be quick. The dungeon master will be back in twenty minutes." Yeah, something like something that. something like that.
0: Like I, I think that was just a missed opportunity. Yeah, but, and that's the only negative with this this movie really is, you know, I had some issues with the directing and a couple little acting things and all that, but for the most part, it's the missed opportunities. Yeah, they had so they did such a good job in so many ways that they were just not
1: quite not there. quite there. Great tiefling character, didn't land it at the end, and her look wasn't quite right. Good bard character, didn't have the bard powers that we really want him to have.
0: And I think I'm getting tired of the whole dynamic of, oh, we have a wizard, but he's not good. Yeah, he's a bad wizard. I want a fucking badass wizard. Mm -hmm. Put a badass wizard. Like, Jenks should have been the wizard, like, that kind of arrogance, and, like, make him do stupid shit because he's so cocky or something like Mm -hmm. that. But don't make him just be this... Oh, yeah. I gotta find my powers. Well, it's like, it's that like, cliche That's
1: the problem, is that it was so cliche. Yeah. It wasn't even anything new. It exactly. was perks of being a wallflower, but instead of a freshman in high school, he's a wizard. Yeah. And it was just like, okay... We've done this a million movies. times. This character's in every high school drama. Yeah. We can't do anything where, like, he was a sorcerer's apprentice, and he failed out, and he went to a different sorcerer, and he failed out of that one. And, like, he's... Maybe he's trying to figure out if he even should be a sorcerer, yeah. because he's failed out of so many chances. And really, it just comes down to he's the great grandson of a great sorcerer, yes. and he's not a great sorcerer. And it's like, ah, so we're doing the Don Chula story, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, or Encanto, it's like, yeah, uh, okay. But Encanto did it better. <laughs> yeah, it did a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it, it's just like, oh, so this is nepotism. Yeah, it, great. So the story is revolving around nepotism and whether this guy who's gotten his position because of nepotism will actually step up. Mm-hmm. And he does, and it's fine, but it, it doesn't bring anything new to that yeah. entire situation. I agree. And when he does finally find confidence, he doesn't go to Dork and say, you know what, we are a bad match. Let me go find somebody else. He's like, no, I'm going to try and date her again. It's like, no, this... This is the problem. <laughs>
0: Which is a very similar beat to the characters and well, Exactly. It's just like... Because he finds his power, but he still has that, oh, geez.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just like, okay, can we not take this hard turn back into Cliché Lane? Yeah. Because there's some really interesting things going on that can only happen in this world. Mm-hmm. And I would really like, similar to Marvel, I would really like you to explore those ideas. Yeah. You know... Doric's whole thing is that she's saving these people that live in the woods and she's become this rebel leader, not because they're rebelling, but because they just want to live in the woods. Yeah. And Hugh Grant is trying to basically clear the woods. And so they're fighting for their homes because of that. None of that is touched on in the entire movie. No. It's one of those things that just kind of like, when they're going through the epilogue and, oh, and Doric's people were allowed to stay in the woods. And it's like... Which I was expecting the end moment,
0: like at the end of Two Towers, yeah. where they attack Saruman. Yeah. And it's like, that's exactly what you're saying. It's like you build it up, and these characters look like they have abilities, and they mm-hmm. might have fighting abilities. You build it up for them to maybe like rush the...
1: They City come and save something. the town after they exactly. were, after the town turned on them. They were the ones that saved the town. Exactly. Just like if you're gonna do cliche things, there's cliche things that you can do that work better here, but instead you bring up an idea that's cliche, mm-hmm. you forget about it, and then you give it a resolution that's cliche. And I was like, so that didn't have anything to do with it, I think. And a
0: thing that really kinda of bothered me about the finale is when she releases the smilex gas mm-hmm. into the arena. They decide to start dropping gold outside of it.
1: Yeah, that And was a it weird... empties
0: so fast. So fast. That nobody gets any gas. Well, and not it's like that.
1: It empties fast and no one gets gassed. And she turns off her machine. Yeah. She stops her spell. She's like, oh no, everybody's out of the stadium. I better turn off my spell. Even though we see in Zank's flashback that this stuff just spreads. It yeah. just goes. She didn't need to do anything. She just needed to let the tap run. Exactly.
0: Fill the city with this gas.
1: And that would have again been another more interesting climax to this movie. Exactly. And it, exactly. It's not bad. I do stick by my B grade. I'll even give it a B plus because I'm still feeling yeah. generous. The enjoyment of watching it is high. Yes, it is a, it is a great very great movie to movie. watch. I'm going to compare it to Independence <laughs> Day, okay. but it is not Independence Day. Independence Day is a bad movie. <laughs> Empirically, Independence Day is a bad movie. Yes. This is a good movie that could be great. Yes. And so it's unfair for us to critique it under those auspices. Yes. But we really aren't left with any other avenue but to say, okay, these are the other fantasy stories. These are the D&D stories that we've seen. This is what we're getting. That's a, yes. a culmination of the two. Where does it rank in comparison to those ideas? And it's not – it's a B. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's not great. I anticipate seeing more D&D movies in the future. I hope so. I think it would do them some good. To bring in some of these brains that have revitalized the brand in the last twenty years, at the very least, you should bring in Matt Mercer and Bradley Mulligan Mm -hmm. and have them at least write a
0: scene or make them be like their Dave Filoni consult on Star Wars
1: something. But like they will enhance. And I'm not saying that the people behind this aren't fans. I'm I'm guessing that they are, Mm. but again, it's just a guess because I know these guys are fans. These guys are rabid fans.
0: And the part that, that kind of bothers me is I think they could have pushed the envelope with nerdiness because they did a fantastic job promoting this movie. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of these type movies do not get the amount of TV no. and press coverage that this one is getting. Like they've been on all the talk shows yeah. and they're really pushing
1: commercials for it. And they have been for a while now. Yeah. Well, and going back to that idea that the studio was afraid in the first place and that's why they gave them $150 million budget. Yeah. The studio saw the movie when it came back and they said, oh, this is going to be great. We got to spend a... A ton on yeah. advertising, and we got to get started right now. Yeah. And to be fair, they've put themselves in an extremely good position. I think so. When this drops, I think it's going to be successful. I think it's going to be a hit. I think that this is going to be a. It's not a billion dollar movie, but I'd call it like a 750. Yeah, I was
0: thinking five to six, somewhere yeah. in there. So yeah, yeah. we're not so far off. It's
1: going to be successful. It's yeah. going to at least double its budget, probably triple its budget. Mm-hmm. So we will see more Dungeons and Dragons movies ahead. I hope so. I just hope that they. Tune up for those. I agree. Because this is good. It could be phenomenal. It could be generational Mm -hmm. if you did it right. But you I need agree. to do it right. I agree. Well,
0: that was our review, ladies and gentlemen, for Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, once again, these are our reaction reviews. Yeah. Um, we do have a list of movies coming ahead this summer, and you know, luckily this year is going to be lighter on the Marvel.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm still, I think, above all else, looking forward to Oppenheimer. Even though in about three weeks, the Mario movie comes out. It's not going to be a traditional reaction review because we're probably not going to see it at the same time. No. But we will be doing a review of it because I yeah. think we'll both have definitely seen it yeah. in that first I'm, week.
1: I'm planning on seeing it. As much as I complain, I very seriously believe that you cannot properly critique or dismiss a movie if you haven't seen it. Exactly. I, I used to do that a lot. Twilight, I badmouth to hell. On this show, I have bad mouth Pixels when you've talked to me about Pixels, right? I haven't seen Pixels, so I can't say definitively that it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I can say that every part of Pixels that I have seen has been bad, but I can't say that it's a bad movie because I haven't seen it. There you go. I can complain about Josh Gad marrying Kubert. I haven't seen it. You have to see a movie before yes. you can complain about it, and I want to be able to talk about Mario in an actual way as opposed to a I feel way. I don't care about I feel. the 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 biggest thing that they drilled into me at Purchase College Uh, was no one cares how you feel. Yes. Give me facts. I agree, and I think I think we would be
0: remiss to not see Mario for this show.
1: Yeah. No, we listen. We've talked at nauseum about it. Yes. If I'm a man of honor, I have to go and see that movie, put down my fifteen bucks. Go see it and bash Chris Pine, and then I can come back and say definitively no, not Chris
0: Pine, Chris Pratt.
1: I can say definitively, Chris Pratt was a terrible decision. <laughs> yes,
0: which I can't wait. I, I you know part of me wants it to not be as bad as we think it will be as far as the Chris Pratt part of it, mm-hmm. but part of me also wants it to be so we could have a fantastic episode just destroying I, him. I kind of hope
1: it's a, I, I kind of hope it's on fire. Yeah. I kind of hope I get there and it's already burning an effigy, and I'm like, wow. This is incredible. Yeah. Incredible Do you guys want to watch a burning movie? <laughs> Have you all ever right. watched Celluloid Burn? <laughs> at the
0: end of uh, glorious Bastards. Yes. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, so that has been Nerdpot Generations episode 93. I hope you enjoyed it. Once again, if this is your first time listening, please go back and listen to the previous 92 episodes because they are all pure gold. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more about us individually, you can find me at Taylorbooks.com
1: You can find me at judsomstudios.org under the Bronx Division tab where there are comment sections yes. and, and places where you can tell us that we're wrong about all of our opinions, be they everything everywhere all at once, or fucking Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. or d d or The Whale, or any of the other things that we talk about. If you want to tell us that we're wrong, you got to come to our yes. house and tell us that we're we wrong. We totally
0: take your criticism, even though you're incorrect with it. You just but need to actually it. tell us, because we can't <laughs> take it until you give it. Exactamundo.
1: And have a great night. Have you, a bro. great week, friends and enemies. Yes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for your patience.